This message is brought to you by Lighthouse Chapel International, a united denomination originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches. Welcome to the Life Preaching Message, where the Word of God is imparted clearly, practically, and comprehensively. Our aim is to provide a solid foundation, a Bible-based instruction to our church members, to equip them to teach and preach wherever they may be. Join us for a life-changing encounter as you listen to this message. I believe God is going to take us higher and higher as we open our hearts to hear his word. If you would with me, I want us to pray briefly before we press into the word of God. And the prayer is for the Lord to give us a revelation about our relationship with him. A revelation, we are asking for a revelation concerning our walk with him, concerning our relationship with him. It's a very big area, but we are generally praying that Lord, give us a revelation of what it means to be in Christ and what it means to have you as our father. And so to pray this prayer, we want to just read Revelations chapter 1, verse 1. Revelations chapter 1, verse 1. The Bible says that the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him to show unto his servant things which must surely come to pass. And he sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant. The Amplified Bible says, this is the revelation of Jesus Christ, into brackets, his unveiling of the divine mystery, which God the Father gave to him to show his bond servants, believers, the things which must soon take place in their entirety. And he sent and communicated it by his angel, divine messenger, to his bond servant, John, who testified and gave supporting evidence to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ, even to everything he saw in his vision. Hallelujah. So what we have here is that God in his mercy sends forth to reveal to his vessel and therefore his children the things that must happen. So what we are praying for is an important prayer topic that unless certain things are revealed to us, we can walk blindly and we will lose out or miss out all that is meant for our lives. So I want us to pray for some five minutes that Lord, I ask for a revelation from you through whatever means you deem fit that I may hear and understand. That is all I ask, a revelation of my relationship with you, God and a revelation of my relationship with your son, Jesus. Lift up your voice and begin to pray. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. We bless you. We, we give you praise. 
the adoration, all the honor. We ask for your help in every way. Help us, Lord. Can I have one of the pastors to just lead us in the prayer? Thank you, Holy Spirit. Help us, Lord. We pray for a deep revelation. Revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ and our walk with him. The revelation of our Father and our relationship with him. What it means, what it entails. We cry unto you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Help us, Lord. Help us. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you. We cry for a revelation. We cry for a revelation. We cry for a revelation. A revelation of our relationship. What it means to have you as our Father. What it means to have you as our God. What it means to have Jesus Christ as our Lord. What it means to be in Christ. What is expected of us and what we are supposed to be. How to walk that we may be able to walk with you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Oh Lord, we want to know you, Lord. Oh yes, yes, Lord. We seek a revelation, a revelation, a revelation. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you. We thank you, Father. We thank you for a moment like this. We thank you for a time like this. Thank you that you reveal yourself to us through your teachings, through your word, through 
our heavenly father we thank you this morning thank you for the privilege of gathering to hear your word even the opportunity to hear your word from various places lord we declare the environment in which we are special i rebuke in the name of jesus every foul spirit that may sought to hinder anyone under the sound of my voice from hearing that which the lord would speak to you let not the enemies moves around you prosper but may your heart be focused on god may your ears be open to hear what the spirit of the lord says to us this morning thank you heavenly father for this we have of you because you hear us when we pray in jesus name amen good i hope my sound is okay great so this morning I want to share with you a slightly different message from what I've been sharing all this while. I don't know what you want to title it, but you can title it as you deem it fit. Now, some time ago, I spoke about choosing God's way. And this morning, I want to talk about the same thing, but in the area of our prosperity. You know, I was praying this morning and I felt in my spirit strongly to talk to, the spirit prompted me to speak concerning our prosperity, our finances, our becoming significant in the community and in the environment in which we are. Many of us are unfortunately insignificant in our environment and listen even if you are a young person on this platform listening listen carefully and start now because it takes time hallelujah and for those of us that are older it's not late to really receive a wisdom and change your direction even if you don't finish when you started somebody will come and continue in your stead be it your child be it your grandchild but you start them on a good course and you leave them a foundation. Hallelujah. So I want us to think carefully. You see, the Bible says that two people cannot work together unless they agree. Two people cannot work together unless they agree. Amos 3.3 says, can two walk together except they be agreed? It says, can two walk together except they be agreed? I don't know what it means to you, but to me, it means that 
we can, two people that are working together must agree. Otherwise, they will not work together. The New Living Translation, can two people work together without agreeing on the direction? Without agreeing on the direction. Now, in this life, in this life, we have been told by Jesus that unless we follow him in this life, we shall walk in darkness. You see, obviously, Jesus was speaking of darkness that is not the sunlight but of darkness that is not knowing what you are doing and where you are going. And therefore, you do the wrong thing and take the wrong direction. It's not of darkness or of light that relates to the sunlight. John 8, 12, Jesus said, I am, I am the light of the world, not a world, the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. In another scripture, in the same scripture, in another verse, he says, I'm the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness. Now, can I ask you a question? How can you follow the light for you to have the light of life if you don't agree with him? Because, you see, it dawned on me not long ago that the Holy Spirit, the Lord Jesus himself, and our Father in heaven are not in our lives to be led by us. They are in our lives to lead us. The Spirit of God, the promise, the gift of the Holy Spirit that is promised to the believer is not present to be led by you. He, he leads you. And therefore, unless you agree to his leading, you will not follow him or else he cannot lead you. And I think this is one thing that Christians don't seem to understand that the father we have, the savior, our redeemer, and the gift of his presence, his Holy Spirit, have demands or have necessary conditions that we must meet. One of the first conditions is to agree with him or to agree with them and to go their direction 
they will choose the direction they are going. Now, this has been the struggle of mankind, where we accept Jesus all right as our Lord and Savior, and therefore we are reconciled to God and have become the children of God through the blood of Jesus Christ and our faith in, the, in, in, in Christ Jesus. Having become children of God, we are, we are demanded or we are expected to agree with God to walk the way he must walk. Unfortunately, unfortunately, many of us have received Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior and have even believed in God as our Father and believe in the gift of the Holy Spirit who is with us. But after all that, we still hold on to our old mind. That is why Paul says that we have to renew our mind. But many of us Christians still, when, when I listen to Christian talk, I see clearly that our minds are not renewed at all. And until our minds are renewed, nothing will happen for us. The transformation that is to come to our lives as children of God would find it impossible to come without our renewing our mind. And the first area that I am trying to get us, I believe the Spirit of the Lord is trying to get us to look at, is the area of having to agree with God, with Jesus Christ, and with the Holy Spirit in terms of how to do what we want to do. How to do what we want to do. And you know, one of the areas that bothers any human being under the sun is the ability to have what they need when they need it. An ability to be able to have some basics of life and also to be able to enjoy what they have. Now, in this particular area, I find Christians, including myself, struggling to choose and to agree with God how to answer or how he plans to answer this cry of ours which is the cry of supplies and the cry of the ability to enjoy what has been supplied to us. Hallelujah. And so I'm going to take us through scripture to get us to understand that unless we choose God's way and unless we do it according to the way he says we should do it, we are not going to have his participation with us. And this time around, um, I want to talk particularly about our finances. Are you with me? I want to talk particularly about our finances because a lot of us labor and labor so much, but yet we have nothing to show for. We have nothing to show for. Now, so let us look at the Old Testament. You see, the Old Testament allows us to hear God talking to man directly or through his spirit in relation to man's day-to-day -day activities. 
The Old Testament allows us to hear God talking to man. And not just man, but his chosen man or his chosen people. Do you get it? And then let me, let me add this. Let me add this to it. Listen carefully to what I'm about to say. The first point I have made is that we cannot walk with God. Or we cannot have God with us. You know, unless we agree with him to go and to do things the way he wants us to do things. Unless we agree with him to do things the way he wants us to do things. And so if there's anything to pray about in your life, it's about just getting praying to get to the point where you just agree with God. Because most conflicts arise from disagreement. But you, we want to pray to get to the point where we just agree with God. If God says this way, that's what the way we want to do it. It's a type of not my will, but your will. Great. Now, the second thing that I want us to take note of is that as children of God, as children of God, the means by which we are to walk and to prosper is different from the way of the world. As children of God, the means by which we are to prosper is different from the way of the world. Because God has said that my ways are not your ways. And remember that the world is made up of people that are governed by the enemy. The what we describe as the world are people that don't obey God, that don't have God as their governing authority. And a lot of us have been redeemed, or we have been redeemed from the world. We have been redeemed from the world. So our origins are from the world and therefore the world is still in us but now that we are in Christ our ways of doing the same thing is different from the ways of the world because the ways of our God is not the ways of man hallelujah now if you don't understand this what happens is that when it is presented to you the way you want, the way you should go, now that you are a child of God, you, 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 do, you reject it and want to bring the way of the world into your life whilst you are a child of God. And God will not tolerate it. God will not tolerate it. God, you will not have God with you when you choose to operate the way of God whilst you are his. Now, that makes it, let me put it this way, that makes it tricky for us who belongs to God. Because what happens is that the ways that are available to the world are not usable to us. You see, the way of the world to prosper 
sometimes are not pleasant. They are not clean. So, I mean, I don't want to give examples, but you know what I'm talking about. Bribery, cheating, misinformation, and so many other things. That brings prosperity, in quote, to the, to the world. But when you become a Christian, a lot of those ways immediately are not available to you. So if you choose to do your things by using some of the ways of the world, you are handicapping yourself. You are handicapping yourself in that. It's almost like you can't, you know, let, let me put it this way. Once upon a time, before you were born again, there were many things you did that you didn't even have to struggle with your conscience. But now that you are born again, the same thing, even if you think of it, sometimes you now struggle with your conscience. So what it shows you is that once now that you are in Christ, there are other things that are in you that will not allow you to freely engage yourself in the ways of the world. Unless your conscience is seared. Now, what it means is that if you are a Christian and you don't embrace fully, you don't agree with God, the way he has chosen to do things that you, that you desire or that must be done with you, if you don't agree with him and you want to use the ways of the world, you run into problems. And many of us Christians, the world looks at us and laughs at us because they can see that whatever we claim to have, we are not, there's nothing demonstrating of it in our lives. And it is because we are trying to mix. We, we, we want to mix the ways, but we can't mix the ways. We cannot mix the ways. So what am I trying to say? One, in the kingdom of God and in our work with God, Anything that we want to do and anything we will better prosperity, what do you want? What do you want to say? Even marriage, anything, God first. That's the first thing. That whatever you want to do is God first. So in your finances, the motive for wanting to be financially buoyant the motive for wanting to have more than you can carry, it should be God first. It should be God first. It doesn't mean God will take everything from you, but it should be, you see, the motive must be about God first. The motive must be about God first. That's, that's, that's one important truth that you need to understand. So it's like you may have three motives or three reasons why you want to prosper. Then number one must be God or God first. The others can follow. Now, if you don't understand this, you will not get God to be with you. If you don't understand this, you will not get God to be with you. No matter how much you pray, no matter how much you fast, Pastor, what's your evidence? You see, 
Let's look at Haggai. In Haggai chapter 1. Verse 2. You see, so the Lord was speaking to his people. Haggai was a prophet and was speaking to Zerubbabel, the governor of Judah, and speaking to Joshua, the high priest. You see, these are significant people in the community of the Israelites. And you see, these are, these are people that have returned from exile. In other words, they, they, were, they are people that God has brought them back from punishing them. And is, is starting to rebuild them. Hallelujah. And 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 what what is it? What is the what is the word? The word says that the people say the time is not come. The time the lost house should be built. Then the word of the Lord came by Hagar, the prophet saying, "Is it time for you?" Oh, ye to dwell in your sealed houses, and this house lie waste. Is it time for you? You say, my time is not come. So the Lord is asking the question, is it time for you to have yours? In other words, how can you say, mine is not yet ready? Or how can mine come after you? Put it that way. How can I come after you? In terms of provisions, in terms of things, how can I be number two? And does God have the right to demand to be first? Yes. Because he gives us life. And all that we are belongs to him. So logically speaking, God has the right to demand to be first. Hmm. And the Lord says, consider your ways. Consider your ways. Think about your ways. Verse 6. You have sown much and bring little. You eat, but not enough. You drink, but you are not filled with drink. You clothe you, but there's none warm. And he that earneth wages, earneth wages to put it in a bag with holes. Again, consider your ways. Think about it. So you see, I when I read this, I realize that God will not allow himself to take second place in anything that is his. In other words, you can't treat God like he doesn't own you. Because the Israelites 
the Judah, I mean, Jerusalem, Judah as a people. It's a nation he has raised. Just as you and I are born again, we are, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. So listen, here we see an example of what, what is the beef of God with his people. And what, is, what, is he, what is making God angry with them? It's just by putting him second. And it explains, you see, the Lord explains their state to them. I know that when we talk about seeking first the kingdom of God, we have always related it to soul winning, going, doing church work. This is, but you see, even your way of living for your prosperity, God wants to be first. Because he cannot be second in anything and in any place. So we see clearly what God is complaining about. Now, I, I just want to, I hope you are getting what I'm saying. And you, can, you see some of the things, when it comes, don't stop arguing and pray for help. That God will be first. Because you see, when he's first, your, your efforts will yield. Because he said, you look for much. And it came to little. You brought it home. And listen, I did blow up on it. Why? Because that my house is waste. And you run every man to his own house. Because of that, the heaven over you is stayed from dew. And the earth is stayed from his fruit. I call for a drought upon the land and upon the mountains. And the last verse, and upon all the labor of the hands. Now, listen to me, and let's all hear it well. We must prosper. We must be significant. There must be people that can stand and testify of the goodness of the Lord at one event to the next, to the next, to the next. Where you, you say that, look, all that I have is the Lord. And therefore, I use it to serve his purpose and to serve his will. I have more than enough to eat. I, you should be able to stand and say, I pay 50 people's, 50 children's school fees. And I feed 10 homes. And I still have more than enough. Because it's not impossible for God to do. You should be able to say that I employ 500 workers in different locations of the world. You should be able to say that by the grace of God, by the grace of God, many people thank God because of my life. You should be able to say, you must be significant. We must not die as if we never knew God and we never had the Holy Spirit with us. God is the one who will give us the business ideas and he's the one who will make things work by showing us how to overcome the wickedness of this world and release the power to protect our things. Enough of man's end 
I said, enough of man end. And enough of always having people who are far behind us being promoted above us. I said, enough of that. It, it cannot be, it cannot be that we belong to Christ and yet we don't have anything to show for in the natural. Because what is in the natural is a reflection of what is in the spirit. So if our natural is poverty, then our spirit must be poverty. Because what is in the natural is a manifestation of what is in the spirit. And we need to check because the fault cannot be with God. Because God is not a liar. And if his word says, I will prosper you, I will bless your bread, I will bless your wine. I will cause the rain to be abandoned. I will give you rain in the latter, in the former, in the latter rain. Then it means that if we are not having all these things, there's something that is wrong with us. And I want us to look. Listen to me. As I close, let's read 2 Chronicles. Yes, I know that many of you don't believe. Don't, you see, it's because you don't believe the word of God. That is why you, you don't question why we are where we are. Because we don't believe the word of God, we don't have the strength to say to God, your word says this, so why am I like this? Second Chronicles 16, not one, Second Chronicles chapter 16. And I'm going to read It's, I'm going to read verse 9, but I'll just take it just so that you understand what I'm trying to say. You see, here is a story of the king of Judah. Second Chronicles. Sorry, Second Chronicles. What is my Second Chronicles? 16. You see, it's a story of the king of Judah, King Asa of Judah. And he had a situation of another king, which is the king of Israel. You see, after Solomon, the kingdom of the kingdom which David had, which was the kingdom of Israel, was no longer what it was. David and Solomon had 12 tribes. But after Solomon's misbehavior, Rehoboam received a manifestation of Solomon's misbehavior when he had the 10 of the tribes going away and he was left with the tribe of Judah and the tribe of Benjamin. So now we have Israel, which is made up of the 10 tribes. And then we have Judah, which is made up of Judah and Benjamin. Hallelujah. So the Bible tells, and then they were always fighting. Like Cain and Abel. The Bible tells us that Basha, king of Israel, came up against Judah. And he built something to prevent Judah from moving in and out. And then Asa, the king of Judah, 
brought out silver and gold and the treasures of the house of the Lord and of the king's house and sent to Ben-Hadad, king of Syria, that dwelt in Damascus, saying, so you see, this is what is happening. Here is Judah. The Lord has preserved them in many ways and has been with them and shown them how much he loves them. And all those things. But then, when the king of Judah came under attack from his own brother or the king of Israel, instead of turning to God, he turned to the help from the world. I said, instead of turning to God, he turned to help from the world. In other words, he chose the way of the world above the way of God. And this is what he did. He went and made a league between himself and the king of Syria to come and fight and help him to overcome Israel. And the Bible says, and Ben-Hadad hacking unto King Asa and set captains against the city of Israel. And they smote Dan and all the cities, all the stories. And it came to when Ben-Hadad heard it, sorry, when Basha heard it, that he left building Ramah and left, let his work cease. Then Asa, the king, took all Judah and they carried away the stones of Ramah and the timber thereof wherewith Basha was building and built there with Giba and Mizpah. So it's like, it's, it looks as if his plan was working. It looked as if his plan was working. In other words, he called for a third party, which is beyond it's like not calling unto God. He called unto man and, and external means that he knows the wealth. Because Syria has always been against Israel. And, and it seemed to work. Because when, you see, he took what belongs to God and went to give it to the world to, for help. And the, the help came and it appeared to work. But you see, verse 7. At that time, Hanani the seer came to Asa, king of Judah, and said unto him, Because thou hast relied on the king of Syria and not relied on the Lord thy God. You see, you do see the problem. The problem is that instead of choosing God's way, he chose the way of the world. You know, he had a problem and has been always held by God. But this time around, he decided to go elsewhere to choose the way of the world. And the Bible says that, the Bible says that because you have relied on the king of Syria and not relied on the Lord thy God, therefore is the host of the king of Syria 
escape out of your hand. And the Lord then started giving me an example. Were not the Ethiopians and the Lubims a huge host with very many chariots and horsemen? Yet, because thou didst rely on the Lord, he delivered them into your hand. In other words, God has saved you before and has demonstrated his faithfulness. And you know, as Christians, God has demonstrated his faithfulness in the whilst we were yet sinners. Christ died for us. Therefore, if he says he, we, he has a, we have a reason to trust him. We have a reason to depend on him. We have a reason to rely on him to show us how to prosper. And it is, it is unbelief that will make us think that the way of the world will prosper us. Mind you, we don't belong to the world. So using the way of the world will never help us. It will only lead us to troubles and problems. Because this same King, King Hadad is going to attack him at other times. He says, yet because, you see, verse 8, he says, yet you, you had a bigger problem, but yet because you relied on the Lord, he delivered them into thy hands. And, and, and listen to verse 9. Listen to verse 9, which is a key to them who God will bless. He says, for the eyes of the Lord, for the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in the behalf of those whose heart is perfect. Now, the word perfect here could also be translated as whose heart are at peace with him or loyal whose hearts are loyal to him. In other words, whose heart agree with him, whose heart believe in him and just follow him. He said, whose heart is perfect towards him. He says, in this hearing, thou hast done foolishly. From henceforth, thou shalt have worse. You see, let me say something to us. If we don't believe and accept and wholeheartedly follow the way God has chosen to work this life for our prosperity, and we begin to rely on the ways of the world, I said, and we begin to rely on the ways of the world, we are going to find ourselves trapped by the enemy. Because the enemy that has helped you before, you will, you will be forced to owe allegiance to him. And the day you say, no, I don't want, that is the day when you begin to see that he's a true enemy. Hallelujah. You can read on later. You'll see what follows to the king. Pastors, friends, brothers and sisters, I believe God is speaking to us today to choose his ways, to say, to follow what he has said. 
and our Savior has advised us. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Choose the way of God above all else. Let God be first. I said, let God be first. What has God said about finances? What has God said about marriage? What has God said about your relationship one with the other? What has God said about your relationship with the enemy? Choose God's way first. Let us hear what God has to say first, not what God has to say last. And I tell you, many of us, if we were to do it the way of God and to agree with God, this, the gift that is in us, the, the skills that God has endowed us with is going to manifest in a way that will surprise us. Enough of the going around in circles, thinking that the enemy will help us. The wisdom of the world will not help you. It is the wisdom of God that will help you. It is time to be true believers of God. Jesus said, he that, be, you see, he said, the work of God is to believe on him whom, whom he has sent. That is the work of God, to believe on him whom he has sent. My prayer for you, my prayer for myself, my prayer for all of us, is that we will believe on him whom he has sent. As accomplishing the work of God in us. Because it is a real work, considering the opposition of the enemy and the voices of the enemy, for us to believe on him whom he has sent. But his grace is sufficient. I said his grace is sufficient. And as we call on him, he will enable us. We shall believe and agree with God and choose his way. If his way is God first, we say your way we will choose. You shall be first in everything we do. Even in our prayers, when we come before you, we will talk about you first. We will talk concerning you first before we make our petition and our request be known. Let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for a day like this. We thank you for an opportunity to hear your word. We refuse every way of the enemy that has forced itself onto us, that has deceived us to believe that that is the way. Today we have received your word and we have seen clearly how your intention is to show yourself strong and to bless those whose hearts are loyal to you, those who are committed to you and to you alone, even in seeking riches. It, had, it is because of you first. Father, you who know the heart of all men, we repent of our ways today and we ask you to purify our hearts concerning our lives here on earth, concerning particularly our finances, that Lord, we have struggled, we have worked, we have done many things and it has not yielded what we expect of it. Today we hear clearly and we know 
it is because we have not placed you first in all these areas. Today, Lord, come first. We place you above all else in this area and in many other areas. You shall be first. Your voice, your counsel, your instruction shall be first in all that we do, that we may receive of your hand the ability to prosper and to be a blessing unto our generation. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. As every head is bowed and every eye closed, I want you to know that God loves you. And I want you to know that God wants to show himself strong on behalf by doing in your life and with your life what no man can do beyond your wildest imagination. But you first must be reconciled with him. You first must have peace with him. And sin, the body of sin in us has caused us to be at conflict with God. And unless we repent and receive the forgiveness of our sins through the precious blood of his son, Jesus, who came to die for us, we can never be at peace with God. But to be at peace with God should be the greatest desire of mankind because the God who created us and the God to whom our soul belongs would one day require of us our soul where we must appear before his judgment seat. Let not your life be a life of regret because you did not hear this calling. This morning, you want to say, Pastor, I hear the call. I hear the call. And I want to say, I come to God just as I am. Every head bowed and every eye closed, wherever you are, you have decided to give your life to Jesus. I want you to pray this prayer with me. Heavenly Father, I thank you for today. And I'm grateful for the life that you have given me. Many times I should have been dead, but you caused my life to be spared until this day when I have an opportunity to come to you with my head bowed and my hands lifted up to say, Father, forgive me of my sins. Make me your child again. I believe in Jesus Christ as your son who came to die for my sins, who rose again on the third day, seated at your right hand. By this prayer, Jesus, I receive you as my savior and as my Lord into my heart. By this prayer, I ask of the gift of your Holy Spirit that I may be able to walk and to please you alone, God, in this life. I thank you, Jesus, for my salvation. And I thank you, God, for loving me. Holy Spirit, you are welcome into my life. From today, lead me that I may follow. I thank you, God, for my salvation. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. We believe you've been blessed by this message. To stay connected, follow our LCI social media platform.